Well, welcome to the Fit Chap, a podcast devoted to the fitness and well-being of prospective chaplains coming into the United States Army. I'm your host, Jason Phipps, and I'm glad you've tuned in. Well, in just about three weeks, we will be welcoming the students of Chibola Class 23-002 to the USA IRL campus. And uh, we'll also (laughs) probably most likely start seeing the temperatures and the humidity go up as well. So if you are coming from a dry, arid climate, prepare yourself now. I know it's three weeks away, but begin to prepare yourself now. There's something unique about coming to South Carolina and dealing with the humidity here that you don't necessarily see like in North Carolina or Virginia or other places uh, in the south along the east coast. So when I say prepare yourself, I'm really... referring to just your electrolytes. So we always, and we will push this when you you get here to drink water. But one of the things that we don't necessarily push as much as cadre is the use of electrolytes. And of course, there are a lot of good electrolytes out there. There's some good products like Drip Drop. I've known soldiers throughout their time in the Army who have used Pedialyte. My personal recommendation, I'm a huge fan of the Noon tablets and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right but it's N-U-U-N and huge fan of those I took several of those before the Baton Memorial foot march and uh, super helpful so one correction from last month I was I was thinking about my my conversation with Chaplain Murray and I had mentioned carrying this thing called a snake during a PT event that we did down at regiment and it's actually called a worm and so a six person fitness worm weighs about 440 pounds. I had, I think I'd said something like 200 pounds. So it's a little bit more than what I had put out last month. So big shout out to Chaplain Brad Cattleman down at 75th uh, Ranger Regiment who sent me a picture this week recently of him helping out with some great garrison PT down at Fort Benning and they were using that that good old fitness worm to uh, break some people off, but really to produce endurance through suffering. So just wanted to put that out. Okay, so my guest for this month is Dr. Nick Pickrell. He is the what I would call the resident chiropractor here at Fort Jackson. And of course we we have a number of chaplains who come to to see you here on the campus and uh, that are under your care right now. I know Delana Small just walked in and and I uh, was hoping that you would have like the table set up, which that would have been a great idea. But uh, I'm, I'm a huge proponent myself of chiropractic care. Even before the Army, my wife and I were seeking after chiropractors everywhere that we lived. So Nick, if you could just give us a little bit of your backstory, how you felt called to be a chiropractor. Definitely. First, I want to say thanks for giving me this opportunity to be here this sure. morning and talk to the you know, future chaplains that are going to be coming here uh, to Fort Jackson and uh, serving our soldiers. So again, my name is Nick Pickerel. I'm the chiropractor here at Fort Jackson. I got into chiropractic. I was a freshman back in high school. I'd gotten injured uh, lifting weights and Got a bad muscle spasm, and my mom said, hey, we're going to the chiropractor. I couldn't turn my neck and just felt like a thousand knives in my back. I said, who's the chiropractor? You know, I never heard of chiropractor before. And so she takes me to the chiropractor, and we do some e-stem. He does some therapy and adjusts me, and 
it pretty much fixed me. So I went back to him a couple of days later and I was a hundred percent. So after that, he kind of was my mentor. I really wanted to know, Hey, how does this chiropractic stuff work? How does it help heal the body and how can it help prevent illnesses and stuff? So 2003, I was graduating high school and I wanted to go in the army. My mom wouldn't let me. Uh, my dad was going to Iraq. So she said, you're going to school first. So I went to school for eight years, went to WVU for my undergrad in biology, and then went to Life University um, in Marietta, Georgia, outside of Atlanta. I practiced a couple years in Atlanta. I was 28, it was 2013, and uh, I still wanted to go in the Army. So I went to Recruiter. Uh, Recruiter wanted to direct commission me medical services, and I said, no, I don't think you understand. I kind of want to do field artillery. I want to do real Army stuff. Yes. So I ended up at Fort Sill for basic. I was an honor grad there. Sergeant Major said, what MOS are you going to pick when you get to OCS? And after seeing Fort Sill, I immediately said, signal or MI. And he did not like that answer. <laughs> so OCS, I, I did choose signal and eventually made it to uh, Fort Campbell. and um, was with the 101st HHBN. I took care of uh, General Valesky's uh, satellite communications and stuff. Uh-huh. So that was a great accomplishment. I, I loved being there. I was still taking care of my soldiers and their family members while I was there on post. And I saw this huge calling and, and really wanted to take care of active duty when I got out of the Army. So 2017, I got out. I was in Florida for about a year and then in Colorado with Kaiser Permanente. And then this position opened up in 2020. And so it was a dream job. Lieutenant Colonel Bauer was actually the one who hired me. So uh, thanks for that. Shout out to him. Yeah. And it's just been amazing. When I come to work, it doesn't seem like work. I get to hang out with the soldiers, get to talk to them, listen to them, help them through uh, whatever life has given them at that time, you know. So, yeah, I love being here. And, uh, again, thanks for having me on this podcast. So Yeah, well, good shout-out to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Bauer. Uh, we had him on a couple months ago, and that actually kind of dovetails into one of the first questions that I have for you. One of the most prevailing issues that either we see in, within the Army or we hear about are musculoskeletal issues. And I, I appreciate what Colonel Bauer said a few months back that – those types of injuries are not necessarily relegated just to our older population with the army that a 48 year old can have that type of issue just as much as an 18 year old and vice versa. Obviously now there's going to be a difference with regards to disc degeneration. You're not going to see the same kind of disc degeneration. I'm sure in an 18 year old that you would see in a 48 year old, but what would you say are the most because I think when we think about chiropractor, we think primarily about back issues, but you know that there's way, way more to it than that. It's much more extensive than back issues. So when you think about musculoskeletal issues, what, what do you see most frequently? And perhaps what is the audience with which you see these different types of issues? Right. That's a great question. You know, everybody has different MOS in the army. So when I see, uh, you know, a lot of my 42 series who are at the computer a lot, right? Uh, we tend to see more neck issues. Believe it or not, uh, okay. I see a lot of uh, airmen from uh, Shaw Air Force Base and uh, the Air National Guard, uh, my AGR guys. And we give that banter of uh, chair force and stuff like that, right? But they're coming in with these neck issues and, and they've got symptoms of ridiculous symptoms going down the arms and stuff. Like, hey, well, what do you do in the, in the Air Force? And they're a crewman. Uh, they're working underneath of jets and looking up all day long. And no wonder their necks are all kind of messed up. Right. And then I get my, you know, my 11 Bravos and my other guys who are jumping out of planes and rappelling down helicopters. And they've got a lot of low back issues. 
I would say the low back is definitely one that I see most often, probably throughout all ages. Because you can have some young guys who are 19, 20, and maybe they just haven't been doing strength training the way they should have. And now they're preparing for the ACFT, and it took that one bad deadlift or that one bad overhead ball throw. And, um, and now they might have a bulging disc or a strain. When it doesn't come to the back, I would say I see a lot of shoulder issues. And if they're not addressed correctly soon, then they turn into a, a bigger deal, right? Then we can't prevent surgery. It's, I guess my, my bread and butter would be the low backs, <laughs> the, the disc issues. Right. We do a lot of uh, traction, trying to decompress the, the disc so they can kind of swell back up and get the pressure off those nerves. And we work real close with the PTs over there um, in the sports rehab department. And they do a great job of strengthening that core, doing the proper exercises and treatments such as acupuncture and dry needling, things like that. So you guys are more almost like a complementary healthcare practice in many ways and that you're working with an interdisciplinary and team. Definitely. The sports rehab department up there uh, on the 11th floor, we've got OTs as well, and we got nutrition. So I'm kind of a, a gateway to all things. A lot of patients come in and they think they're just going to get their back cracked, right? And I pay attention to a, a lot of other red flags. I might notice something's going on with their wrist or their elbow, and it's like, hey, let me send you to OT real quick. Hey, maybe you're not doing so well with height and weight, and that's what's leading to some of your back issues. Hey, we got dietitians around the corner. Let me set you up. It's very integrated up there. Um, the primaries throughout the Moncrief uh, work real close with them and bounce ideas off of me. And uh, not only that, we're referring out to podiatry and pain management. Dr. Jackson, he's the head of ortho up at Eisenhower at Fort Gordon. And if I'm thinking about back surgery, I'm reaching out to him and we have a good communication right there. So it's very integrated and um, it's awesome. That's good to hear. So what I have observed when I come to your office is I see, I see normal patients, I see uh, basic trainees in IET status. One of the things that we don't necessarily have built into our, our training regimen, into our POI hours, and I wouldn't even necessarily say POI hours because sick call hours are not POI, is the opportunity for our students to come and seek this type of care. And this is, again, what I've observed, but I don't know if you've actually seen chaplain students who have come, because I know we've had a few throughout the last class or two who have been interested in chiropractic care. And we really haven't had an opportunity to be like, yes, you can go during this time because our schedule is so packed. But just in the course of the last three years, how many students do you think you've seen who just come to you voluntarily, maybe outside of the required class hours? I'm going to give half dozen, maybe a dozen at most, just because they do have those class hours, right? I try to do a good job of, hey, if I know maybe between 11 and 12, that's the only time you come over to see me, I'll make sure I'm there and I'm going to wait for you to come over. And now I can't do that for everybody, but I try to do my best for as many soldiers as I can. The only soldiers I really can't, and they're not, you know, is the basic, basic trainees. So I take care of all active duty. So even if they're in Bullock or Triple C, they're coming over to see me. They should definitely be able to Find a little bit of time, come over and see me if it's even 30 minutes. That's good to know. So I'm, I stand corrected then. IET, like basic trainees, do not come see you then. Something for, for the audience just to keep in mind as we get closer to your arrival. Most of you, if you, if you haven't looked through the individual student assessment plan, uh, which breaks down the phases of Chibolic, that first phase called the DCC phase, the direct commission 
course phase is probably the phase that you will least likely have an opportunity to go on a lunch break to go see the chiropractor to go get some sort of treatment outside of what you would normally get during a sick call. And that's because it's a very regimented time. Even during lunch, you guys form up, you go over to the chow hall, and then you come back. But once you hit phase one through phase three, and assuming that the care that you are seeking is not going to interfere with the periods of instruction, or we're not out in the field, then that those are opportunities for you to take advantage of Dr. Pickrell's services. When I think about our audience. So you, you may or may not know that uh, the average age of our student population is about 38 years old. So when you think about some of the issues that these students could be dealing with, especially if they haven't really experienced the rigors of army life, what, what do you think would be some of their biggest obstacles? What do you think would be some of the problems that you would most likely address? That's a great one. You know, Colonel Bauer kind of hit on it uh, last time, uh, the mental part of it, especially these chaplains have families. You're going to be moving around, right? And these students are going to be coming in and they might be away from the family for a little while. So they've got to have that mental strength to be prepared, do what's told of them, right? And then obviously the, the physical aspect, right? It's the Army. Different MOSs might not do as many hardcore stuff, but there is a standard for everybody, right? And so there's going to be ruck marches. And so getting in that physical fitness that you need to be to be prepared instead of trying to play catch up while you're here is going to be the, the best thing that you can probably come in with. Being strong physically and mentally and spiritually, obviously, in your chaplain, right? So Absolutely. That, you, you, you probably have the most yeah. spiritual strength out of, out of all of the MOSs. That's great. I think that the recurring theme that we have discovered as we've done this podcast is preparation. You don't want to show up here not prepared. And um, I appreciate you talking about the spiritual domain of FM 7-22 because, as I mentioned before, we assume that every student who comes here is prepared spiritually to be here. That's why we don't necessarily train you up in your <clears throat> your respective theology because we want you to, to, to be a chaplain in, in the holistic sense of being a chaplain physically fit, mentally prepared and uh, spiritually prepared as well, emotionally prepared. So, you know, and this is true for most, I would say, every IET, IMT, Bolick. There's going to be running because the Army is huge on running, and there's going to be road marches as well. So from your perspective, what would you say is the road to recovery regarding those two events specifically, and how consistently should chaplains, soldiers be seeking that type of uh, recovery from a chiropractor? So I'll use running as an example, because we seem to be running more than we probably ruck. And when we get done, it's hard to do the appropriate stretching and rehab, but we should be icing and maybe in the evenings doing some ice and heat back and forth to try and get the inflammation and stuff out. So if it's a low back issue or a knee issue, Get on top of that right away and, and start rehabbing it at the house. Don't let it linger around. And as far as coming to see me, if it's not an acute injury and it's kind of a chronic thing and it can be managed, you know, at home and through chiropractic, 
I try to get my patients in at least once a month. All right, let's check everything out, make sure everything's moving in the right direction, making sure the nervous system is doing what it's supposed to do. You know, the nerves, when they connect to our muscles, there's that synapse and it's, it's releasing chemicals. And if that nerve can't send that message to the muscle, then you're going to have an imbalance, right? And now your coordination might be off. And then over time, you're compensating for something else, right? And so if we kind of hop on it in the beginning and, and, and get it fast and prevent things, from happening and prevent injuries from happening, then that would be ideal. I, I do see a lot of patients, so it's hard to pop in and see me. But I tell all my patients, hey, we're going to get you scheduled. You know, right now I'm scheduled till the end of June, and we're just now getting ready to go into May. But I say, hey, you have an acute injury, a flare-up, please call my office, and I'm going to do whatever I can to just get you in as a walk-in real quick and, and try to get that, whether it's your back or your shoulder or whatever it might be, get it fixed so hey, you can get back out there and do what's uh, asked of you. That's good to know. I think I may have asked you this before, but there's nobody else coming to support you on the horizon anytime soon, is there? No, not not, not anytime soon. Okay. Yeah. It's, we're, it, we're trying. We, we're trying to hire somebody. It, so. it just, and that blows my mind because, you know, when I was at Fort Belvoir, I saw the chiropractor there and nowhere near the population with regards to green suitors in particular, but nowhere near just the overall population on Fort Belvoir that there is at Fort Jackson. And we had like one two, I think we had maybe one or two interns come in throughout my three years there. So, and the fact that here we are, a major training installation, we have one chiropractor. What are some of the struggles that you deal with, with regards to maybe dispelling some of the myths surrounding chiropractic care? Uh, some of the myths, you always hear chiropractors, not real doctors. If you look at our curriculum, we actually spend about 200 more hours in classroom setting. We spend about 4,400 hours in class, learning the same stuff that your MD would learn. And then the difference is it comes down to, we take a lot of radiology because that's really our tool that we go to. Chiropractors are already kind of specific in what we do, focusing on the spine, the nervous system. And so we'll do a rotation or an internship. So I think uh, some people just really don't understand the education that we went through. Yeah, so, some people think that chiropractic is only for adults. I've adjusted babies that have just come out Two days new to the world. Wow. Um, you know, they've That's been up wild. in that womb for, for nine months, right? Yeah. So uh, you can imagine if we sleep wrong on our neck for six hours, we're, we're a mess, right? I could go on all day with myths. You don't have to go to a chiropractor forever. You know, I've got some patients that say, hey, doc, how often do I need to see you? I'm sure, you know, if it's an acute thing, I'm going to see them a little bit more frequently if I can. But I tell some guys, hey, if you don't want to see me again until next year, <laughs> come in and see me whenever you want, right? So. Yeah. I think it's just slowly going to take, but it, it's it's getting there some time for it to be a little bit more mainstream in the military. But it's getting there nevertheless. Yeah. And like you said, be it jumping out of planes, fast roping out of helicopters, military free fall, long road marches, all of those things over the course of time take a toll on one's body. And so the Army has really kind of opened up the aperture with regards to the resources that we have probably versus even 10 or 15 years ago to address some of these issues. And my point in really bringing this this up is that uh, you may, as a student, you may not have an opportunity to go see the chiropractor while you're here. But the whole point in, in having this interview is to really kind of highlight the value behind getting long-term care from a chiropractor in addition to whatever type of care, be it physical, physical therapy or whatever it is that you have to seek 
because the army will take a toll on you. And again, I don't, I don't think it's relegated to one component. We could easily say that uh, active duty needs chiropractic care more than anybody else, but that's not always the case. It just depends on what your unit's mission is and whether or not you're deploying and, and what kind of factors play into your physical readiness and uh, your recovery from the events that uh, and the demands that the Army requires of you. I know we've touched upon a little bit FM 7-22, and I know Chapter 6, they talk about the physical components, and they mention six specific physical components, muscular strength, hypertrophy, muscular endurance, aerobic endurance, anaerobic endurance, as well as power Now, for those of you who are listening, you're thinking, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're just like, hey, this is awesome. I'm hard charging. I'm going to go in and I want to work on these. Know as well, obviously, and I think many of you do, that there will be a lot of classroom time where we are sitting at desks, where we're not really thinking about our posture, where maybe we did have what for some might be a hard run that morning. And now you have to sit through a few hours of, of classroom time. So When you think about, again, your practice, Nick, how would you say it aligns with some of these physical components? How, again, for that chaplain who's maybe late 30s, early 40s, who has not been exposed to the culture of the Army, how would your practice contribute or increase one's uh, muscular endurance, their aerobic or maybe even their anaerobic endurance as as you think about them? And we've already touched on it in chiropractors. We really focus on the nervous system. And so when you come in to see me, I'm wanting to make sure the spine and everything's moving the way it should be. And we're making sure the nerves are working the way they should be. You know, without proper input from the nervous system and, and communication to the muscles, uh, you're going to have decreased or inhibited endurance, strength, and coordination. Also, at the upper cervical, uh, where the brainstem is, when we adjust your neck, we're getting those nerves to fire the way they should, and it's going to go to your limbic system, which is regulated by your hippocampus. They control your motivation and your mood, and we, we've already talked about motivation and mental strength. Coming in and, and making sure we assess the whole spine, the neck, the mid-back, the low back, that's going to help increase your mood, your your stamina, your endurance, your power, your strength. I was doing some research uh, recently, and they did research in 2006 on some footballers, and they did a, a strength test on their quads, and they did a pre and post. And after a post adjustment, increased strength and endurance by 10%. Wow. And there was another recent study based on 110 personnel at the Navy base down in Pensacola, and same similar thing. They wanted to see what it did with strength and endurance, and they had a control study four weeks. Patients would go in and get adjusted, and then four weeks, patients we're getting sham adjustments. They weren't really getting any adjustments. And they noticed a big difference in endurance in the in the patients that were getting adjusted and seeing the chiropractor. There's some uh, a lot of research out there to show not only how chiropractic can make you feel better, but there's numbers to show that your endurance and your strength is going to get better. Some of the best athletes in the world, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, all these guys have chiropractors, their own chiropractors. And uh, I just saw 90% of professional athletes have chiropractors. Uh, the Army is filled with professional athletes, right? We're held to a standard, and we should be utilizing it more. Whether you're not able to come and see me, maybe you can get off post and see a chiropractor. 
I know I said a lot, but hopefully that no, helps. <laughs> no, that's that's good. I, pr- I appreciate your your insights into this. And I guess my last question for you, what are the issues that you have seen with some of the, the chaplains who I would say are probably anywhere from five to 15 years into their career with regards to the types of issues that they struggle with? Just, just kind of a curiosity question. What are, what, what are the issues that they yeah, what are may, run into or? Yeah, maybe what are some of the recurring issues that you see related to muscular, musculoskeletal or nervous system issues uh, as they've come and sought your, your care? Right. I'd say a, a, a lot of, I feel like I see a lot more upper back and neck issues with my chaplains. That's not just to say because they might be behind a computer or right. preparing or whatnot. <laughs> Which but, we are sometimes, um, but yeah. You talked about deployment and being ready on deployment. Um, the chaplain goes everywhere. He's right in the middle of it. And so that comes with wearing a lot of heavy gear in your helmet and sitting in a Humvee that's getting bumped around everywhere, right? So they're True. taking a lot of beating, a lot of wear and tear. A lot of my chaplains tend to like to run a lot. I think that might yeah. be where they go to find their peace and quiet time. Yeah. But they also end up hurting their knees and their feet. So then they end up getting some uh, plantar fasciitis or something. And so maybe having the right shoes or the insoles or the, the right exercises to prevent that would be a good idea. But yeah, I think, I think the upper back stuff and, uh, you know, when it comes to the extremities, the knees and the, and the feet, uh, definitely when it comes to my chaplains. That's good to know. I mean, we're not necessarily getting any younger, so I'm making a plug for your care if you're coming this way, if you're heading down to Fort Jackson. Dr. Pickerel, I really do appreciate your insights into chiropractic care and how it can bless and benefit us as chaplains going down the road. And regardless of what circumstances we may face in ministry, it's important that we are taking care of ourselves and uh, doing so to the best of our ability so that we can be maximally used for the purpose of reaching out to soldiers and caring for soldiers because if we're not caring for ourselves then we can't care for soldiers so thank you again for for joining us and uh, if you liked what you heard leave a comment otherwise hey have a great week and uh, we'll catch up again